Welcome to Razzle Frat. We're back to talk books, coffee, pop culture, and more. I'm Ashton. And I'm Allie. How are you? I, I'm better than you. (laughs) 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 I'm still here. Um, I'm good. I, uh, it's finally fall here officially, like it's September 23rd and the weather is cooperating. It's like sweatshirt weather. So I'm happy about that. Um, I'm going home in a couple of weeks for my baby sister's wedding. So I'm excited for that and to see family and I got a promotion. So yeah, so that's really exciting. So um, things are going pretty well on my end. I mean, they're going well on your end too. It's just crazy. I love how you're talking for me. Thank you. Tell us about it. (laughs) Well, first off, congrats on your promotion. Um, I cannot wait for you to buy me dinner. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, also safe travels to Texas. Thank you. To go to your younger sister's wedding. Yes. Which is nuts in my opinion, but kudos for her. Love, you know, wins, conquers all. Sure. Um, Let's go with that. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, I also have a lot of changes happening along with the fall weather, which I love the fall weather. I wore the cardigan that you made me, which BT dubs, fashion knits, like a fucking boss, (laughs) like made me the most beautiful rendition of the folklore sweater because all of the goddamn 13 year olds bought it before I could get to (laughs) it because I didn't have like seven screens open and I was probably working the day it was sold. But, um... Yeah, it's gorgeous. I wore it today. It was perfect for me to go on a coffee run and to go buy wine because I function solely on liquids now. Um, Just because my apartment is in shambles. I have no food because I am moving. I am moving next Friday and Saturday over the course of two days because that's how New York likes to do me. So soon. I know. Um, I am just moving 20 minutes walk up the road. I'm moving from Fort Greene to Clinton Hill, which most people know Clinton Hill more than Fort Greene because Fort Greene just has a park. Um, I just disclosed, disclosed where I live. So, you know, <laughs> um, but still like- Clinton Hill is fairly big. So, yeah. You don't need to know. Don't think the paparazzi will, like, bang down your door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to guess which one it is. Plus, it's a code to get into the place. Um, but, yeah, so I'm moving in with my partner. Um, hey. He is moving from New Jersey, so it's more of a change for him, I feel like, than me. But I'll be excited to live beyond one room. I've lived in the same studio apartment for, like, four years now, and it'll be nice for a change. Although, it's kind of bittersweet. This place did a lot for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then I am also finishing out my master's this semester, uh, which (laughs) is driving me up a wall because I just, like, the program itself has been, like, up and down for me. I'm happy to get it over with, but, of course, it's the most taxing part right now i'm in the capstone and uh that's just not a fun time for me but i guess it was worth it i don't know because <laughs> i did finally get a job Yay! in publishing hell yeah Your girl got a nine to five working gal like melanie griffith um uh well working gal is Melanie Griffith, and then 9 to 5 is Dolly Parton. So I guess it applies to both. Yeah. Have you seen 9 to 5? Or just heard the song? Just heard the song. 
You gotta see this. Sh- it's with like, uh, God, is it Jane Fonda? And um, I think it is Jane Fonda. Oh God, and Lily Tomlin. So good. Okay. Just so good. I'll watch it. Um, highly recommend. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so I got a job. I'm working in the art department. So um, the manager for uh, one corporate thing. So, yeah. but like one of the big ones, big five. So and a really prestigious yeah, imprint. it is a really prestigious. I'm working for uh, a place that you don't need to know. People you don't need to know where I work. No, but, but uh, just know that famous authors go through there. They won Pulitzers. Um, so I feel honored to even work there or be graced with that presence around me um got myself a cubicle so anyways those are all the immediate changes in my life i did just attend a music festival though um over the past weekend and i saw miss stevie nicks oh hell yeah it was so good um she played everything and more i was like secretly praying that she would come out and like she did play edge of 17 and it was fantastic i was secretly hoping she was going to transition into like the mashup of midnight sky and then miley cyrus comes out but like <laughs> no i was talking about this miley cyrus is like instagram the week like the day before and be like is she near new jersey like i looking at her <laughs> posts but no um anyways sad that was fun it was a good time and then uh sunday night green day headlined which was Quite interesting because they did change some of their lyrics that don't really go with 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I, I like, you know, angsty me always will be the Green Day girl. And I was into Paramore and all that jazz when that shit was at its height. Um, but some stuff just doesn't age well. And it, I don't think it's a lot of effort to change the lyric. Um, I mean, like, you know, look at Beyonce and Lizzo. Yeah. Like, they didn't say the the, the spaz word, but they yeah. did say some other things that I won't say on air. Yeah. And I'm not a prude. I'm prude. I just, like, respectful. Yeah. I mean, I fe- it feels like an easy change. I mean, the chicks changed, like, their whole name. name. Um, yeah. So it's just, like, self-awareness, maybe. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I just want to be like, if you're chill enough to wear eyeliner as a man back when it wasn't, like, as cool, you can change a lyric or two. Just say. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Have you noticed anything in the news? <laughs> Have I noticed anything in the news? <laughs> I don't know. Be more it. specific. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the news for myself, but it's funny because I was working on this docket um, earlier and uh, this is totally not, I don't know who this person is. Um <laughs> I don't even have his name written down, but um, so random is this. I'm just scrolling through Instagram, like, instead of, you know, taking a lunch break like I should have. And this, there's an actor that's, like, he's 24 now, but, like, he was on trial since 2020. So, he's when he was 22, he murdered his mom, shot her in the back of the head, and... Apparently, was on his way to go kill the Prime Minister of Canada. Like, had, like, Molotov cocktails and shit in the back of his car. But get this. He was on, like, he was, like, a kid actor. So, like, he's been in, like, he wasn't the main character for anything. But, like, he was in the movie Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Mm -hmm. He He was in the show Riverdale. That's crazy. I'm just like, why is this popping up on my feed? But also, like... 22 years old just murdering your mom who do you think you are norman bates like another child star gone wrong you know it's just like <laughs> why can't you just do drugs and get a face like transition like all the other ones do yeah truly Ugh. 
it's horrible. Except for Hilary Duff. I feel like Hilary Duff just, like, is the supreme ruler of child stars, and she's just amazing. Fair. I agree. Like, Agreed. Love her. Yes. Forever. And um, Jeanette McCurdy. Oh, because of her new book. Her new book, which it? I haven't read, but um, it sold out everywhere. And yeah. then, I don't know. I'm not a big celebrity memoir person, even mm-hmm. for celebrities I like. So I just, like, listened to a bunch of podcasts that dissected it and supported her from afar. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I only read celebrity memoirs if they're from, like, the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember reading Ava Gardner's, and it was, like, someone asked her about, like, when she was married to Cary Grant. Like, did she know that he was gay? And she's like, I don't know. We were too busy fucking. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, this is the shit I like. Like, I read that. I read Demi Reynolds, which was really cool. Because um, you hear about all the things that happened with, like, Eddie Fisher and mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I read almost every single memoir written about Audrey Hepburn because I have an issue or a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big memoir person in general, but, I mean, I, we worked on Josh Peck's book. So, like, I've read that one and that was probably the first one I've really ever read. But I was like, no, I'm, like, glad she went straight to number one and, like, sold out, like, and they had to print more copies. Like, that's amazing and incredibly difficult to do, especially for a memoir. So, I'm proud of her and she's getting the love she deserves because yeah. I didn't realize how much shit had gone down behind the scenes for her so I remember like I didn't really watch iCarly because like when all that stuff was popular I think I was like in high school or like I was in middle school where it's like I never really watched things of people that were my age which is weird until I got to high school and even then I was like these people are ridiculous like I remember watching um Pearl Liars when I was in high school because it came out the same time I was in high mm-hmm. school like I was it started when I was a freshman and two thousand something and um well people know who i am how old i am now uh 2009 and then it ended when i graduated college 2017 so i feel like i've lived a journey with all of them um so there was that but with jeanette mccurdy i just remember like the few episodes i did i liked her because she was like the the tomboy and i always loved her curly hair which is really random but um i just remember one time i was coming home from school and i came downstairs and like mind you at the time like i was aware but not like registering the fact that my brother was like a massive stoner and all of his friends were and i'm sure they were on other stuff but whatever um i come down to the basement and it's just like a giant like and it's not in a weird way it was just like they just did it um a bunch of like te- like 17 year old dudes just like sitting around watching iCarly like I was like I was like you guys know I don't even watch this and I'm their age right and they're like it's so interesting man and I was like you guys are so stupid (laughs) I love that I watched it quite a bit well my sister and I watched it together like at my dad's house once my mom and dad got a divorce like it was like the show we watched with our dad is like one of the only ones we like to watch was like Drake and Josh and iCarly so my sister and I who was younger than me we watched a lot of it (laughs) my dad always made us watch Spongebob even though I didn't really like Spongebob I fucking love Spongebob I this is so, this sounds so weird, but like, maybe, I don't know what it says about me as a kid. I didn't trust him. <laughs> like, I watched it. Like, I could understand the jokes and all this stuff. And like, I watched the show just like any other kid did when I had TV on. But I never really like got into it. Um, and I was right. It wasn't appropriate for children. No, it really wasn't. So like, I, I distrusted it for a reason. Oh, my sister and I, we loved it and still fucking love it. Like, we think it's hilarious because we watched it so much as a kid. And, like, it's very, uh, it's, like, very adult <laughs> at times. But that's what, I don't know, that's why it endures for us. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, but what, um, other than watching all these TV shows as a kid and stuff like that, what, uh, what are you watching right now? 
I am watching Pretty Little Liars. I would say rewatching, but I only ever watched the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched the first like two seasons and now I'm watching the rest of it. And I'm almost done with season four. So I'm like halfway through the series. And Allie has seen it before, so she's like my spirit guide. <laughs> um and so I'm like texting her every time I think I know who A is or like an A is revealed. Um so that's fun to watch. It's just like mindless. Um and so I'm watching that. I just watched The Love is Blind, like, after the altar, and there's a new season of that coming out next week, and I can't wait. Megan and I watch that together and just, like, laugh at how stupid everybody is. Um, And I really want to watch the new Dahmer with Evan Peters. Mm. So that's next on my list, which I have to watch when Megan's out of town because she won't do true crime. I'm really bad about watching, like, what's popular or what's new. Like, a couple of my coworkers talk about a lunch, um... House of Dragon. And I've seen all of Game of Thrones, but I just haven't started. I think, I don't know. We'll see how it changes because your girl's getting a couch. Like, I'm going to have a couch. And because Jimmy's coming with me, um, a condition he had would, was having a TV, mm-hmm. which I don't really have. I have a monitor that I tuck in a corner that half the people that have visited my apartment didn't even know I had a TV because I don't watch it. I never have it on unless, like, I want to watch something that's, like, on DVD or whatever. Yes, I still have DVDs. Um, fun fact, actually, I have um, a DVD-VHS combo that's coming with us to the new place. And we're going to bring some VHSs with us. So it's going to be a good time. <laughs> um, we're hip again because apparently that shit's in again anyway. But anyway. Yeah, no, I haven't watched any of that stuff, but Pretty Liars, yes, I feel like I'm your spirit guide for that when I was your spirit guide for Gilmore Girls. Um, That's just just so wild. It was so funny. You were texting me the other night, and I had to, like, look up, like, the ending of season four to, like, know where you were at, and I'm just, like, I feel so bad for you because, like, I know where it leads, but it's, like, such a freaking roller coaster, and it's just so ridiculous. It gets just so wild, and, like... It started out as, like, a high school, like, drama. But then it, like, turns into, like, high school, like, psycho killer type thing. And it's, like, it just trans... It's, like, one step away from Jennifer's body, I feel like. But anyway. I kind of love that. I kind of love when, like, like, shows get unhinged. I feel like like Pretty Little Liars was the stepping stone for Riverdale. (laughs) Like, how Riverdale's, like, turns in... I stopped after, like, three seasons, I think, um, when they, like, like, went into, like, cultish shit and I think there was a floating baby um <laughs> pretty little liars like walked like, <laughs> so, so they could run. Run. <laughs> exactly um but yeah I haven't I'm, I'm hoping that like maybe having like a sit down couch thing yeah. will prompt me to watch tv more but I did have uh a condition that there is a section of the house where like we don't have a TV so I can sit and read because I don't want to have a like I don't want to have a TV in the bedroom like I don't want to eat that just because like not because I'm pretentious it's just it's just more so I don't like to have that kind of stuff there um I think it stems a lot from growing up I wasn't allowed to have a TV in my room until I was 16 Um, and that on the only reason my mom budged on that was because my brother came home from my dad's house one day with his fucking giant TV from like, it looked like it was from the nineties. Well, early two thousands. It looks like it was from, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the ones that have like the slanted back. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it it just huge. Mm-hmm. It was like this b- big. It was like it was like four feet, three feet, so he could play his video games. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, he didn't ask you. It was a whole like divorce type thing. Like you know, like my dad wanted to get in good with my brother because he was an asshole. He's like, I'll give you a giant TV. <laughs> and I was like, Ma, what the fuck? So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got a little TV for my room, which all I did was watch reruns of Gilmore Girls. I got the entire box set. And just watched it from start to finish. I can't even tell you how many times I watched it growing up. But, um, and so I can't tell you how many times I watched it even now. Like, it's probably double digits at this point. Like, straight through. Like, start to finish. Plus the commentary ones and, like, the cut scenes. (laughs) All of that. Which I can show you because I have the box set still. Um, but speaking of Gilma Gills. Uh... We can uh, talk about that in a little bit because we're both doing our fall relaunch. Because because uh, uh, I'm doing it while I pack, which is great. Um, and you usually rewatch things anyway while you do work. Oh yeah, I love rewatching things, and I started it over. Um, I've not been really good about watching it consistently, but the minute the clock struck midnight on September first, I was like, "Play <laughs> Gilmore Girls. It's fall." Um, See, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. But um, before we get into shows, since this is a bookish podcast, what are you reading right now? I am reading, so I'm rereading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, which I talked about last pod, so I won't get into it. But now I'm like annotating it and marking it up and it's so good. Um, so I'm rereading that and I am reading Night Crawling by Layla Motley, um, which is Oprah's book club pick for 2021. Um, and I was influenced by the Stacks podcast because they had it as like their book of the month and then they had the author on. So um, I went and bought it and it's okay. I really like the story and I think the plot is really like I don't know. I really feel for the characters, but do you ever read writing that's just like, I don't know, like, like they're trying too hard to be literary and the metaphors don't land or like Frankenstein. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a while since I read Frankenstein, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just like every time they try to do something that's supposed to really make you feel, it's like they compare the main character to something that I'm like, I don't yeah, like it, it doesn't, I and mean, it's not just like once. It's like every single chapter. There's something like that. So the writing's not great, and honestly, I would just not finish it. Except I want to see where the characters end up, and it's a quick read. It's got short chapters, and it's like you know very lauded by a bunch of authors that I really love um, and like reviewers. So I'm like, okay, I got to see where this goes. But the writing is kind of lackluster for me. Yeah, it's like um, God, what did we read where they had vagina teeth? Oh, yes. Um, I love you, but I've chosen darkness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that where she like, she speaks as a writer where she's saying that her writing was judged for being too much. Yeah. It's like ostentatious or something. Mm -hmm. What's the word? I don't know what the word was, but yeah, I know that feeling. It's like, um, it's like reading, it's like reading, um... Like, when you're in high school or college, when you're trying to sound smarter than you are, yeah. so you just keep doing, like, using a thesaurus, and, like, yeah. it doesn't really flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of that sometimes. But, uh, yeah. that's yeah. I know exactly what that feels like. And as someone who is a writer as well as a reader, I value good writing. 
um, that's one of the, that can like make or break a book for me. Like yeah. if it's a great plot and you keep me interested, I can sometimes overlook like no. not so great writing. But if like I need the writing to help propel me through the story yeah. and it's not doing that, it's like I'm dragging my fucking feet. Yeah. I can't. But yeah, that's kind of how this one is. So it's really not like if it hadn't gotten all this hype, honestly, like I don't know what that says about me, but because it's so hyped up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish it just to see like big and honestly, like. Usually, if I'm not going to finish a book, I'll put it down in, like, the first 50 or 75 pages. But I only have, like, 30 pages left. So, I'm like, okay, I can read that. Like, probably I'll finish it on the train right home. Like, it's not a super long book. So, I'm going to see it through. But, and it's sad because I got a first signed edition. Just, like, I went to the bookstore to buy it. And they had happened to have an event with her. So, they had signed copies. And I was like, this is great. And it's, like, too bad it's not a book that I really love. Because that would mean so much more, you know? (laughs) But, anyway, so that's what I'm reading. What are you reading? Um, so I just finished a couple stuff. So I finished, um, When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, which came out this year. Uh, it was recommended. I think I was listening to, what's it? Novel Pairings, mm-hmm. I think. I think one of them re- recommended it on our, on that podcast. I need to get back into my podcast, dude. Too busy with packing in school. Ugh. But anyways, um, so good. I thought it was so good. What is it about? Because I've seen it everywhere. Yeah. So it's about... um, When women were dragons. What's it called? (laughs) So it's about... It's set in the 50s and 60s, right? And it's like a weird telling about like history and how like the day of the dragoning. So it's like there's like... It's like historical in that like it talks about... It's from the perspective of one girl, Alex, and how like on one side it's a lot of feminism. So it's a lot of like her being a young woman that wants to go into I think math or STEM and like her wanting to pursue school and doing all and she's brilliant and all this stuff and having to go against like her father and then like having to witness her mother being like a broken down woman and all this stuff and then also seeing like a strong mother a strong aunt and and um things like that and then the dragoning is what they call it is when like there's a I think it's 1954 there's like a single date where like all of a sudden like, the mass dragoning happened where all over the country and the world, women just turned into dragons without any explanation. And, like, it was in some, like, and husbands got eaten and, like, places were set on fire. Like, and then, like, sparse throughout the book is, like, um, historical facts, quote unquote, and, like, uh, medical research, quote unquote. It's not, it's fictional um, about, like, dragoning has been happening since the beginning of time and like how like it's just like a part of woman like every woman can become a dragon some women can help it some women can't some can turn like as as young as like 12 and like some like wait until they're 60 to do it there's just no telling of like undoing the dragoning whatever and it's like it's crazy and like the, the premise is that there's magic in every woman and that that's what's what um catalyzes the dragoning is that they let their they use their magic to become a dragon like um with the mother so it's like the mother doesn't turn into a dragon but the aunt does and the aunt disappears and the aunt's the one that resonated with the daughter the daughter so much and leaves behind her own daughter who's a baby and it's like this whole bunch of things and then a lot of crazy shit happens as in like 
you know, lifetime lifetime type of shit. Like, the father remarries and they get kicked out and they have to live on their own and go to school by... So, I don't want to give away the whole book. But it's just, like, fascinating to see, like... The um the idea of like feminism and in and strong women in the terms of turning into dragons. And then like dragons living in um love my siren siren background. Um dragons then coexisting in society and like operating in real world shit and like having to like fight for dragons to be able to be back in school when they're teenagers and turning into dragons it is like it's very fascinating um and it's like it's a commentary on feminism and and of that time period and and they they do address civil rights and all that stuff so um there's that there's there's sexuality in it so it's got a lot with a very simple idea, yeah. and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, her writing was fantastic. It was simple to the point. It was it was like, you know, just easy to read, mm-hmm. e- and it kept me going. You know, yeah. so um, I really enjoyed that. I read that when I was on a plane to Nashville. <laughs> nice. Um, for that that lovely trip. I'm not gonna talk about that. Um. <laughs> Story for yeah, and then this book was re- this series was recommended to me because I like the dark academia vibes. I think it's technically a YA because it's like set in a high school mm-hmm. setting, um, but it doesn't feel very YA. Well, it does a little because there's like not really like sex that mm-hmm. much, but I don't know if that dictates whether it's really YA. But um, truly devious. Um, that's the first book in a series uh, by Maureen Johnson. I read the the first three books, which tie up one thing, and then there's others. So it's like a Sherlock Sherlock Holmes esque thing, where like the character goes away to this very privileged special boarding school, where you have to basically like try to get in. Where it's like, why are you special? Why do you want to learn interesting things? So it's like her thing is like there is a murder and a mystery, and like a riddle left behind back in the twenties when it was or thirties, I think the thirties when it was um founded, and then. Uh, she's trying, she wants to solve it. She's read everything about it and she wants to solve the mystery. And then um, there's like a movie star that's there and there's like a chick that like fucking welds stuff and, and creates robots or something. I don't really know. Um, there's like a 15 a, a year old that is a novelist that was published. Like there's all these like very weird specialized kids going to this school and they're being like, like her required gym class is a yoga class. Like God, I would wish. <laughs> it's like in like, it's very secret history. It's in like Vermont, and like there's only a shuttle bus. Like you can't actually drive up the path to get to there. And it's like this old 1930s place with like hidden tunnels and secret rooms and blah 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 blah. So it's really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. Like you know, someone there's a murder at like the end of the first two books, possibly the third one. I don't want to give it anyway, <laughs> but um. She has to solve the mur- the current murders as well as the like 1930s murders, and it's all connected. And she Sherlock Holmes the shit out of it, That's all the while having a crush and falling for like the mystery boy who's like the bad boy and all this yes. stuff. So it's like a fun read, you know. Yes. I breeze through it like that. Like I think I read one of the books in like a day. So. That. That sounds really, like, just, like, escapist. Yeah, it was great. I escaped all of my responsibilities (laughs) and then had to face the music the next day when I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't do any of my homework and do any of my work prep. I'm gonna die. So, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then currently I'm just reading uh, 
The Second Sex by Simone de Beauvoir, which is for my feminist book club. Um, the intro is extremely boring, though, because <laughs> like it's like the first part is like biological stuff mm. and like talks about biology of like women. <laughs> Uh, and then the second part is like history which I like history but it's just like it's like a lot and like it's dry it's dry and like don't get me wrong I can read this stuff like she was a biffle with uh, Jean-Paul Sartre mm-hmm. so like she was part of that existentialist crew in France and Paris and all that jazz and hung out at Café de Flore um, so of course my little pretentious brain wants to read this yes. but as I'm reading it on the subway I'm like okay honey wrap it up yeah. we get <laughs> it like women have been treated like shit no duh so I'm curious where she gets like past like the introductory mm-hmm. stuff um, which I'm 100 pages in and it has not gone past that because surprise surprise they don't they take forever this is written like what the 30s probably um so but i'm still reading it we're only reading like the first 200 pages i think for the book club so nice we'll see how it goes but anyway i've been talking for a lot so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this episode because it is our one year anniversary yeah can you believe it we've been um talking to the same three people for (laughs) one whole year (laughs) it's crazy it Uh, feels like longer than that i don't yeah because we have like crazy lives i guess (laughs) like the fact that we have to fit this shit in so like it's friday it's friday evening (laughs) um we've transitioned from pumpkin spice lattes which i don't drink them often but i splurged today um and we are now drinking wine which is we deserve (laughs) i'm going to start rambling real soon um but I'm drink. We're drinking them. I'm drinking it out of a mug because all my shit's packed. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna fit it all in and um, in honor of fall and the one year, which is one of the reasons we named this podcast Razzle Frat. We did a rewatch of Gilmore Girls, and we're gonna discuss seasons one through three today. We're gonna do it for the rest of the fall. Um, to be you know, to be determined if uh, we include the revival. I don't know if I want oh. to, but we'll tack. We'll tack, yeah. you know? We can at least, like... Or we could just do, I mean, we can just do one through six, because seven is a wash. Seven is <laughs> Let's be honest, we can just do one through six. We'll, like, give seven, like, honorable mention at the end, but, like, we don't have to discuss it. Just lot. do a passing wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know you exist. We don't acknowledge you. You know? It's, you know... Okay, so I will say, as a knitter, since you mentioned that, this sweater she wears in the first episode... I have it. It's iconic, and I can't find, for the life of me, a pattern online for it anywhere, because I was like, I want to make this for myself. And there are, like, similar ones, but, like, I'm really surprised this has been around since, what, when did the show start? Like, 98? 99? The show started in 2000, so it's been around since the 90s. Okay, so it's been, like, over 20 years, and no one has come up with a pattern. Like, I'm determined to, like, do it myself, because I want to make this exact oversized sweater. It's amazing. Um, I got got a... I think what I did, my version of it, is, like, a fisherman's men's sweater. Yeah. From Urban Outfitters. I love that. Yeah, it's just... It's wonderful. Um, So that's... That's my first observation. I don't know. I just, I love the early episodes so much. I mean, I love the whole show, but, um, but 
I don't know, just like the introduction to the town and like Luke and Lorelai. I, I don't know. There's just something about the first few episodes. Like I even like Dean in the first few episodes because he hasn't fucked up yet and he's actually kind of cool. So I don't know. Um, he he basically is like set up to be the bad boy in the first season. Yeah. Like he's wearing the leather jacket. Like Lorelai doesn't like him lurking around, giving Rory shitty bracelets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's like the bad boy esque, yeah. right? And like Rory loves a bad boy. She. Mm. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But like the whole thing with Dean is like I, I think watching it as a teenager and then watching it in my like early twenties and then now like again there's so many I'm so weird about Dean right now because it's like growing up I was like oh my god he's adorable like she really treated him badly like um like I thought he was a sweetheart in first season and like you know I was a little loser and I didn't have any boys interested and I wasn't dating anyone in high school. So I wanted a boyfriend like Dean. Jess, I could come and go with when I was growing up. I was attracted to him. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was a jerk though. I thought he was an asshole. And I, and and like, and like in high school, I wasn't into assholes, you know? So I liked the nice one. And then in like my mid 20s i was like just as fucking hot need dean is needy and clingy and annoying and he doesn't respect her boundaries and then like um you know just is smart and has more in common with her and blah 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 now i'm watching it again again like actually like paying attention especially for this and you know in the first season especially like Dean puts the like he reads the books she gives him he's read Anna Karenina he's read Jane Austen like he's read books and like in the first season he's reading the books that she likes he's watching the shows that she likes he's you know has the same taste in music he has a lot in common with her and then I feel like the writers in season two transitioned him into such like it, like an incompatible person with her personality to make room for Jess to yeah. be so compatible. Cause it's like in the first season, like he's, he's like all those things he's reading. He, he knows the pixies and the sugar plastics and all he's like, he's into all of those. Into Rosemary's baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he quotes it in the first season. Um, and then series two, he turned into like an average boring dude who's into monster truck rallies and um lord of the rings is obsessed is obsessed with lord of the rings okay hey now hey. no 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 lord i'm saying no I'm, I'm obsessed with lord of the rings too <laughs> i'm going to watch ring of power don't get me wrong but like i'm saying though they just like pivoted his personality yeah. so much in season two to set him up for failure and it's so frustrating because it's like on one hand i like especially the episode nor she like uh, goes to build a house, mm-hmm. okay? And he flips out because he's like, okay, you keep changing the plans and I just wanted to hang out with you. It's the summertime and now you're doing all this. And on one hand, I was like, yeah, you go, girl. Like, stand up for what you want to do. Like, you don't need, like, to spend every waking minute with them. Focus on yourself, like, in your future. But on this other hand, it's like, okay, well, you're being kind of a dick about it and, like, being very, like, narrow-minded and, like, selfish because it's like this person like say this was your mom or like your or lane yeah like you like and you had made plans to spend time with them yeah like and you're just like and you promised them after canceling the, on them before and we're like no like you obviously don't understand like i have to do this right now and like not tomorrow which is like it's still the weekend like you still and like 
I'm sorry, but bitch doesn't have a job. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have to do anything like on the weekends, but study and hang out with her mom. So it's like, you obviously could do that research shit Sunday. Yeah. So mm, I don't know. Like, I feel like they just kind of, I don't know how I feel about Dean anymore because it's like, I hated him for so long, like early twenties. And now I'm just like, am I growing to like feel sorry for him? Because I think it's partly that and partly that we're also just growing to realize how, like, flawed Rory is. I feel like she's not... Yeah, she's flawed, but I don't think I hate Rory as much. I don't hate early Rory. I I hate late Rory sometimes. Rory, like... (laughs) I think what's wrong with Rory is that she's not given uh, guidance from Lorelai on these kinds of things of, like, how to treat a person. Like, not not to be terrible, but, like, Lorelai doesn't have the best track record with romantic relationships. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, multiple times, Rory's question, like, do you like Jess? Do you like Jess? And Lorelai's, and, and Rory's like, no, no, no. And I think that's because Lorelai doesn't like Jess. I think the main reason... Rory holds on to D so long is because she thinks that's what Lorelai wants her to do instead of being her own person. And it's like, that brings me to like my main point because this is a talk about Gummer Girls. I have points. Um, The vilification, I don't know if that's a word. It is. Of Teen Jess by Lorelai, which, okay, context. He comes into town from New York. Shout out. (laughs) Seventeen has been sent away by his mom after being abandoned by his dad, which, by the way, the abandonment timeline changes. Um, one one is he's abandoned at 15, and the other one is he's abandoned at a baby. So, anyways, it changes over the course of, like, one month. This is one year. Um, is how much I've watched this. But, so, he comes into town. He's 17. He comes to this small, weird fucking town that, like, has a fascist dictator, Taylor, and, like, um, weird small-town shit that, like, he's not ready for. Like, I would have been freaked out by this, and I'm not even from, like, the city. And he has no friends there. He's being shipped to live with an uncle that he doesn't know. It's, like, at 17, I'd be miserable. I would be miserable, you know? And immediately, you have this woman who's, what, 33? she's 33 and she automatically does not like him because he talks back to her one time yeah which is fine but like she the way she treats him and talks to him i'm like okay you're forgetting that he's a kid yeah like he's 17 he's a kid yeah he's a kid and he's now been abandoned by like both parents essentially yeah like she immediately like he does one thing that's kind of nasty and instead of being like hey maybe he needs someone to talk to maybe he needs like someone to like be in his corner she automatically is like get him out of town like he's nasty i don't like him and so like i think her reaction is one of the main reasons that rory takes forever to admit that she fucking likes him yeah yeah i agree and also just like it's Rory is coming to terms with like who she sees herself as as a person and Dean and like who her mom wants and the safe kind of choice is what she really wants for herself not just what other people seem to want for her but she wants to her whole life she's been like the golden child and 
she, you know, gets all A's in school and is her mom's best friend. And like she has this image of herself built up and to go with Jess instead of Dean would mean to kind of like crumble that image. And I think it takes her a long time to kind of let go of those expectations. I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. I think about this a lot. Cause I'm always like, just go with, just go with Jess. Like, I don't know why she takes so long, but I think like that's a big part of it. It's like, it's, it's letting go of a part of her identity, not just a person. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know. I think one of the things is with Jess, like one of the reasons they got along so well is because Rory did have a more cultured, reading palette and like reference guide and all that jazz and like he comes from the city so he obviously can kind of i'm not saying all city people are cultured but like well i mean Dean more than from more, chicago yeah yeah that's another thing like yeah. he was supposed to come from a city too like the fact that dean comes from a sh- from chicago comes in like this badass bitch with like a leather jacket quoting rosemary's baby and all this stuff and paying attention to rory when everybody ignored her Turns into this Hickville dozy market apron wearing <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> who likes who likes fucking monster trucks and like and and and, and it's like I like when my mom cooks dinner for us yeah like, yeah and likes a, likes likes like a wife waiting for you at home and yeah that whole episode down I hate it so much <laughs> I'm like Rory what are you first off doing Do you see the way she tries to make the goddamn rolls no. <laughs> So like you know like those like canisters with um that are like aluminum canisters for like rolls and cinnamon rolls and all that stuff. We're supposed to peel it and then pop it yeah. with like a spoon. Mm-hmm. This bitch takes it and starts like slamming it on the corner of a table. I love that. That's how she, I she's like, did. I forgot to make the rolls, and she starts banging it. And he's like, What are you doing? And she's like, I'll make them now. And he's like, Uh, no, I'm gonna calm <laughs> this girl down before she goes fucking whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like, I. That's how I always, so, okay, sidebar, <laughs> my dad growing up, like, when we would make biscuits or anything out of a can, he would peel it back, and then we would, like, my sister and I would karate chop it open <laughs> when we were, like, five or she six. She would peel it, though. Oh, she just <laughs> takes a fucking roll and just starts <laughs> slamming it against the thing. I, oh I love that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like, clearly. And then, okay, and then another thing, like... I think a lot of this, a lot of want to talk about like their love lives, but also, um, side note, I don't like watching this now as an adult, seeing them complain about how they, they don't have money or like making fun of Emily and Richard, which don't get me wrong, Emily and Richard have their shit, but at least they, they lean into being rich. They lean into being wasps and Republicans. Like they don't try to pretend like they're not. Meanwhile... Lorelai is like, oh, I'll preach you about how she's not like them. And I'm like, first off, you immediately judge Jess. You're very small town minded like that. Like he crashed the car on an accident. He's 17. She runs him out of goddamn town, which is insane. He's 17. Then she says that she doesn't have any money. I'm sorry. Bitch, you live in Connecticut. You live in Connecticut. And her house and her Jeep. You have a Jeep. You live in your house. You have Jimmy Choo's. You have Jimmy Choo's. You go shopping all the time. You have the most latest trends. And you eat out every fucking night. Like, you have money. 
don't like don't pretend that you don't have money like I, maybe in the past you didn't when you were yeah. 16 but you're not 16 anymore you clearly have money and you started from money so like you had connections you had privileges and she transfers that attitude to rory because remember yeah. like we'll get into this later but that later scene when logan calls her on and he's like you're oh, one of us I, I love that, that scene, scene too so much but it's so true like lorelei has like transferred that attitude to rory because rory truly thinks like she comes from nothing and she has no money and she's like built herself all the way up as if she's not a yell legacy as if she didn't go to chilton like she carries yeah. so much of that with her like lorelei like maybe like when when in Lorelai, when she was like in her twenties and like early um, t- and like late teens, like raising Lori yeah. by herself, and they were living in that shack until they got to that household. Yeah, they were they were pro- they can say that, but yeah. like once they got there, like you know, they got a lot of help. They got a lot of leg up, and they adopted that attitude. So it's like yeah. you need to acknowledge that yes, you may have come from this, mm-hmm. but you're not there now, and so you can't always like. I don't know. I, I think they just, like, the, the lack of, like, like awareness, awareness yeah. of, of their privileges in general. So, yeah. that fucking bothered me. And then, um, I don't know about you, but Max Medina, not everybody's, everybody's always, like, he's he's not bad for Rory. I mean, not bad for Lorelai. <laughs> he sorry. would be bad for Rory. He would be bad for <laughs> He's not bad for Lorelai. I think that he would have been a good choice in general, like, if they just wanted, like, someone for her to, like, push around but um like the whole i loved him i didn't love him thing um because like what also bothered me is that in season one she was like the reason or season two when she runs from the wedding spoiler um she's like i didn't love him basically she's like i didn't want to try my wedding wedding dress every night so but then by season three she's like no i really did love you like i'm trying to tell you i'm sorry he was a fucking stranger. Yeah. They dated for a little bit, fucked around. She got scared, broke up with him for good reason. For good reason. She didn't want her kid getting attached yeah. and she wasn't prepared. She was 32. Yeah. Are you kidding And me? he's the safe choice. He was a safe choice and he was like her first serious dude. Then they get back together and immediately get engaged. Yeah. Immediately get engaged. And it's like everybody makes this big deal about how she like... Ran off this wedding. I'm like, he's never met her parents. She's that. She's never met his parents. Yeah. I'm like looking at this as an adult, and I'm like, you guys don't know each other at all. Yeah. How can you fucking get married? Yeah. And it's just like, it's really just a device so that she and Luke didn't get together right away because they had yeah. to build that out. Well, Luke wasn't even intended to be a, a, a character. A character. He wasn't supposed to be Luke. He was supposed to be a woman. Oh. So the place that it was... I watched all the commentary. <laughs> so the place that it was... Uh, that Stars Hollow was based on is called Washington Depot in Connecticut. Um, the creator, Amy, Schum- Amy Schumer and Palladino, oh, yeah. and her husband, uh, Dan, they were driving through and they stayed in this town. And that's where she got the idea for everything. And she, the diner that she, stayed, she ate at was owned by a woman. But when she made the story, she was like, there's too many women around. Like, you need, like, we need, like, some kind of male figure. And that's how she created Luke (laughs) and Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure in the revival, Taylor's, like, gay. I'm pretty sure he's out by then. I think he's out. Yeah, I mean, he was always gay, but I think he's done. Yeah, and that's another issue. I mean, looking at it, it's, like, clearly Michelle, clearly Taylor are written to be 
gay characters and and they're flamboyant they're stereotypical why not just say it yeah why not just say it did you know that suki was supposed to be gay at one point it was supposed to be like she her and lorelei her and lorelei like like lorelei like she's supposed to be into lorelei and then find i don't know i don't know but anyways um yeah, Max Medina was a fucking stranger, and you can't convince me anything else. He was fine. He was. Just, I hated his nasal voice. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I don't know. It was just like, yeah. I. I mean, I liked him okay, but I mean, once you saw the way Luke and Lorelai looked at each other, like that was it. I was like, no, it. It has to be that. Um, it's set up in the first fucking episode where he's going to the bank and he's wearing a button down shirt and it's tucked in and she's, she's like, like, you look you nice. Guess. She's like stuttering. You, you look you look nice. And he like gives her this look. Like, like, yeah, oh. like they like collars. Uh, they like collars at the uh, I like collars too. At the bank. <laughs> and like, and, and, and Rory's like, wait, Lorelai's like, so what do you think of Luke? And she's like, oh no, you cannot date Luke. Yeah. Okay. We will never, you'll date and then you'll break up and then we'll never be able to eat there again. Date Al. Yeah. From Al's pancake world. His food stinks. Al's food doesn't stink. Al stinks. <laughs> can I quote? <laughs> I think you probably can't quote I think I just quoted the whole first episode, but anyway. Um, Gosh, I love that. And then yeah. like at the end of the episode when he's like, don't be like your mom. And she's like, sorry, too late. I'm oh. like, oh. first up. That's adorable. But second, chili fries and coffee? Bitch, your acid reflux is I mean, awful. you're not wrong. That is <laughs> awful. That's, that's Absolutely insane. awful. God That's damn. insane. Um, but yeah, I... Do you want me to go with my next point? Yeah, you can go with your next point. Okay. Um, this is not related to a relationship thing. And it's not related to Rory or, or Lola. I personally think Lane was treated like shit i oh, think yeah. as, as for the writers she is set up to be one of the coolest characters ever i fucking love lane the first two to three episodes amazing arcs you know she's so into music she's mm-hmm. so cool she has a hidden floorboards she has that baller c- closet that has like a mm-hmm. disco ball in it <laughs> yes. um she lives all these secret lives mm-hmm. she talks really fast she has all these amazing references and i really do like her interactions with rory like when they're studying or like listening to shit on the and yeah. like talking on the phone or like um when she dyes her hair <laughs> fucking great i love when she's like out with them eating pizza and then she like changes her shirt to go back to her house i know and she's like my mom made like tofu soup or something she's like, like she's like she bought a bitter, bigger fridge yeah she bought tofu in bulk yeah exactly <laughs> um, so i love good. that and then they and then, fucked her i know because like season three is like peak when she's dating dave rogalski oh my god oh my god dave so for life. good and like set um i was about to call him seth cohen uh adam right adam brody yeah, it's so cute in it. So adorable. He I love reads how, the like, Bible for her. Like, he does everything for her. Like, he's such a good guy. And I understand, like, they had her end up with Zach because, like, she had to end up with another bandmate. But, like, which makes sense. It makes sense that she ends up with a bandmate. Like, yeah, she would like, date within the band. But, like, I'd rather be Brian, honestly. <laughs> like, I they said Zach. if Zach left, like, they were going to do Brian. Like, I... Zach is so... Zach. Zach and not at all... Yeah. Like, it is so forced. They're like, oh, she has to be with a member of the band. But even though it makes no sense personality-wise, they just threw them together anyway. And then, like, we can talk about this when we talk about the later seasons. But then, like, I mean, her life, like, I, I'm just like, 
they just someone just really hated her in real life and just fucked her character over or they were like they should have it would have been better if they had just like written her out of the show or killed her off yeah really like, like, <laughs> um, we're only talking about one through three but like the fact that like i'm re-watching this and knowing what's gonna happen to her i'm just like she's set up to be one of the coolest characters but i feel like they like because she stays in the town. Yeah. And said, so, like, they didn't have to have her stay in town. No. They could have, like, had her, like, go out and do things. Yeah. Like, they basically made her such... Oh, my God. What is it called? Like, when she's just a sidekick to Rory. Yeah. They made her, su- like, such that kind of character. Like, she's, yeah. like... This is so terrible. She's the obligatory, like, my uh, like minority character. Yeah, she is. And she's just, like, a side piece to Rory. Yeah. <laughs> You know, know you but like know mean, even yeah. the episode in in season four, which I'm jumping a little bit, where she like crashes at Rory's dorm room, like she would have been a great roommate. Yeah, like Rory got in. Like, don't get me wrong, love Paris, but like we'll talk about that later. But like, I really think like her and Rory living together or something like that that would have been really cool. Yeah, and so like the fact that like she just gets a place in town and she just stays in town. She works at the diner and like. <sighs> It's disappointing because it's, like, I know that's kind of real life sometimes, but, like, for someone who, in one episode, said that if she could um, live anywhere in the world, it would be Philadelphia so she could be, she could hang out with M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) To live in Stars Hollow and just, like, I don't want to talk about it too much, but, like, to go from that in seasons one through three to fucking... And I love the fact that she's, like, the typical teenage girl, like, touching Rich Blumenfeld's hair. <laughs> I love that. She's like, I touched his hair. They're like, what do you mean, touch his hair? Look what it sounds like. I touched his hair. <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's like, well, how was it? Great. <laughs> she's so awesome. Like, that's what I'm saying. She's, like, the perfect offset to Rory because it's, like, Rory has all the drama, but, like, Rory doesn't acknowledge that she causes it as well as, like, lives in the drama. Whereas, like, fucking Lane admits, like, yeah, I cause the drama. I live for the drama. Like, I am the drama. Like, I fucking (laughs) love me. Am I the drama? (laughs) I don't think I'm the drama. I just love that, um... That part where she's like uh, meeting Dave for the first time, and he's like, "She's like, what gave me away?" He's like the dead Kennedy shirt, and she like changes into like the trust God, and <laughs> then he's like, he's like, trust God, is that a band? She goes, no, my life, and then yeah. just leaves. I know, like she's mic so... drop. I love it. Oh God, they really, they really did. I know, uh, but uh, to counter that, I do love the transition of of Miss Kim. Mrs. Kim. Yeah. How she becomes more rock and roll-esque yeah. because of that. I love that. I know. We can talk about it later. But, like, when she, like, finally accepts Lane in a band and then she, like, maps out their tour. Like, she's, like, so... Like, she's, like, take out all the cursing of your lyrics. All the cursing of your lyrics. She's, like, organizing, like, a church bus tour for them. She was an all-girl tambourine band. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She fucking means business. I love that, too. Oh. Okay. But we've gotten off on a massive tangent. We've gotten off on a massive tangent, but maybe, okay, final, like, thing to talk about is, is, okay, I saw on TikTok this girl made a whole video explaining, like, growing up and maturing is realizing that Emily Gilmore is not the villain. Um, No. And I was like, like is she completely evil no is Lorelai completely good no but like Emily Gilmore is definitely like the villain of the story (laughs) like 
of Gilmore Girls. In one through three? Maybe not in one through three so much, but like she's not so. like <laughs> she's not the villain, but she's definitely not like I don't know. I don't think she's like She's ridiculous, that's for sure. She's ridiculous, but she's also like pretty manipulative and sinister. Not to say other characters aren't. Maybe this is more of like a later seasons thing. Um she's manipulative, I feel like, but so is Lorelai. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, I never really, like, I I love her because she's, like, iconic and I love some of her, like, lines and she does get better, but I feel like, I don't know. I think, like, I have mixed feelings about her. I, I'll speak quickly because I feel like I'm rambling, but, like, I feel like she's manipulative and I'm not justifying this, but in a sympathetic way. I feel like she's manipulative because it's the only way she knows how to get through to her daughter because it's probably how she was raised. Yeah. And like, she doesn't know, maybe it's because of what I just, the episodes I just watched, but like, Lorelai is very like, once she's against something, she's fucking against it. And Lorelai doesn't give a room to in. She doesn't believe in a lot of people changing. And, and like, that's a flaw of hers. Just like with Emily, her flaw is judgment. She always judges people, which Lorelai does too. But, like, I think watching it and how Emily, like, in the long run, I'm not saying her methods are great. And I'm not saying her personality is all that great, although sometimes it's hilarious. Yes. Um, she just wants to spend time with her daughter and her granddaughter. That's really what she, she values family. I'm saying in a fucked up way she does. But she values family. And like I just watched the episode called, uh, not that long ago of um when Sherry's giving birth and it does all the flashbacks of like when Lorelai was giving birth. And the face of when she when Emily reads the note from when Lorelai leaves them and runs away with Rory as a baby. I mean insane. It's just like my heart broke for her because it's like she stepped up when everybody was like being a like throw like when Christopher's parents who are shitheads were like it's Lorelai's fault she's a whore they didn't say those words but like they're like Christopher shouldn't have to ruin his life just because she chooses to have the baby and blah 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 and they always blame Lorelai for that and it's like they're like Chris Chris is just a child and like Emily comes back and she's like well Lorelai's not an adult either like what the fuck are you saying and she's like. We'll just figure it out. We'll ra- there are kids. We're going to take care of them. Like, she steps up to be, like, a parent to take care of her kid that's having a child, yeah. essentially. Like, she, and the dad, even Richard is like, all right, I'll get him a job. I'll get him into, like, yeah. like you know, like, they'll get married. Like, the yeah. marriage thing is weird. But, like, yeah. like, they're willing to, like, figure this out and move forward as a family, whereas the other people aren't. Yeah. And that shows that, like, you know... Even when things are fucked up and, like, Emily doesn't like it, she, like, tries to make it the best of it in the way she's know how, she knows yeah, how. I was gonna say, yeah, they're doing the best that they know how Where, to. like, Lorelai is, like, okay, well, like, I don't like that way, so I'm just gonna, like, fucking ignore you, be an asshole, and just make fun of you the whole time. Yeah. I don't like that. And, like, I, I, like, I love Lorelai, but, like, yeah. it's just, like, some shit. Like, she makes fun of a lot of people. And, like, I read this thing recently where it was, like, um, one of the things about Gamma Girls is that, like, the only reason we actually like worrying Lorelai is because we're in on their jokes. Yeah. Because they make fun of everyone. Yeah. And they're assholes about everyone. Yeah. Pretty much. 
And it's like, we're just on the inside. So we yeah. feel, so we like them. Whereas like, can you imagine? Like they're kind of mean girls. Yeah, they are. So anyway, I'm not trying to ruin Gilmore Girls and I will die by Gilmore Girls. I will live. No, but I think they're, they're all flawed and I really like that about them. Um, and it makes the show real. Yeah, it does. And it's just like, look, I think rewatching it so many times, I get to look at it with different lenses and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, um, so, last we, note, we stand Richard. We stand. <laughs> we stand R. Richard. R.I.P. Fucking Oh, I just watched the episode iconic. Like, that, my dear girl. When he says my dear girl, I love it. I fucking love him. OG, man. He knows how to fuck. He, he, Richard fucks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> only two, only prostitutes have two glasses of wine at lunch. <laughs> well, then buy me a bow and drive me to Reno because I, I am open for business. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so to keep in line with our fall themed and, and, and Gilmore Girls rewatch, we're also going to read a dark academia fall book. Yes. Um, so we're going to be reading, um, on Beauty by Zadie Smith. Okay. Um, Ashton's going to read it because I don't know where I put my my copy. Okay. Having hit bestseller list from the New York Times to the San Francisco Chronicle, this wise, hilarious novel reminds us why Zadie Smith has rocketed to literary stardom. On Beauty is the story of an interracial family living in the university town of Wellington, Massachusetts, whose misadventures and the culture wars on both sides of the Atlantic serve to skewer everything from family life to political correctness to the combustive collision between the personal and the political. Full of dead-on wit and relentlessly funny, this tour de force confirms Zadie Smith's reputation as a major literary talent. Mm, I'm excited to read it. I love it. Have you ever read anything... By Zadie Smith. I've read a couple of her short stories in college, but that's it. I love her writing. I read, um, oh God, what did I read during? I read it like a lit class in, in, um, London. I read one of her first books and then I read White Teeth by myself and so good. She's such a beautiful writer. Very I think I've read chapters of White Teeth also in college. Um, but this will be my first full novel by her. So I'm very excited. So yes, join us next month for that. It'll be perfect yes. for October. Sorry for my little stumbling. I'm on the second glass of wine. So it's <laughs> obviously showing. But um, I think... Oh, I've also read Swing Time and NW. That's the other two that I just I'm came excited. to me. She's, I love her as a writer, to be honest. She's fabulous. But um, until next time, because we've been chatting for quite a bit, (laughs) um, we are going to say goodbye to you all. So be sure to follow more of our bookish antics at our bookstagrams at there's ink on my hands, all one word, and grapes underscore of underscore ash. Share Razzle Frat with friends, lovers, even enemies. Share the wealth of this gem of a pod and feel free to leave a review on or comment in Apple Podcasts. And I think you can comment or at least leave a review on Spotify now. Also check out our podcast Instagram um, at RazzleFratPod, all one word. Come for the books. Stay for the coffee-fueled, sometimes (laughs) wine-fueled, conversation. And now we shall bid adieu to you. That's RazzleFrat.